Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Now, here we go. It's another big week in the NFL for the Chicago Bears. This is the Bears Wire Podcast, powered by USA Today Sports. Now your host, Ryan O'Leary, and Bears Wire editor, Alyssa Barbieri. Hallelujah. The Bears won a ball game, Alyssa. They left no doubt. 36-7 over the Texans. This was not the Deshaun Watson revenge tour that we thought it might be. No, the Bears, I think they played their best ball game of the season. How are you feeling about that? I mean, it's always great to see them win. It's been two months, and, you know, it, the the question that comes to mind, especially, I mean, the defense has looked great at times, you know, aside from the last two weeks. Uh, but with the offense, it was gelling. It was working well. And the question is, where has this been the entire season? And, yes, I know that they played a bad Texans defense, but the thing about this Bears team is that they have faced some pretty bad defenses and the offense has looked pretty crappy. So it, it, they have played some bad defensive defenses before, and they haven't been able to put it together. But this game, it felt like everything was going right. And you can't help but wonder, is it too little too late? It almost makes me want to play revisionist history and go back all the way to like week three when uh, <laughs> Matt Nagy brings in Nick Foles, and then the next week he decides to stick with Foles, and we do that whole thing. We go through the whole thing with Nick Foles. And it makes you wonder... Was that the right call, right? And I think we've talked about that over uh, in previous episodes. But did Matt Nagy get it wrong? Because you could just see with Mitch Trubisky that he just feels like he fits the offense a little better. The guys respond to him a little bit better. And when it's going right with Trubisky, and it's not always going right, I know that. It just looks a little better. On, on Trubisky's best day, it looks better than Fultz's best day, I think. And I think maybe we can look back and say, maybe the head coach got it wrong. Maybe they pulled the plug on Trubisky too soon. But I did not kill mad Nagy for making the change when he did I actually was with him on the change so I can't really do that can I Alyssa I can't go back and just crush mad Nagy for that but I think right now as I look at it I think they probably should have left Trubisky in and maybe the team would have found something they would have got something going a little bit earlier on so we could actually have a season but I think it, it does look better when Trubisky's playing like that I think that might have been one of his that might have been one of the best games of his career yeah definitely and looking back I was with you Ryan I think that he should have been benched when he was, and you could argue, and Matt Nagy said this, that the benching has actually helped him. Uh, you know, he, he, he when he came back, he mentioned how, like, he felt, like, ignored for a little bit, and it kind of, like, just kind of lit a fire under him. Yeah. And, you know, looking at, you know, he didn't play bad at the beginning of the season, but you look at those first three games compared with the last three games that he's played. I mean, aside from the fumble against Detroit, and he had some interceptions against the Packers. But he's looked even better than he did in the beginning of the season. And you can tell that he's, I mean, he looks different. This offense looks different with him in the game. The run game is actually getting going. I know they have a great offensive line combination now, something that wasn't there during, you know, part of when Foles was starting. But, you know, the offense, even at the beginning of the season compared to where it is now, it just looks better with him running it. And I think you can say that, if I have one complaint, it's not that he was benched. It was that Matt Nagy stuck with Foles for as long as he did. 
because, you know, I, I get going with the hot hand the, the next week after, you know, Foles, you know, led you to a comeback win. But after several just poor outings by Foles, Nagy just stuck with him way too long, and he should have went back to Trubisky before he put him in for that one play against the Saints and got him hurt. Because I feel like if Trubisky wasn't hurt, then we could have seen him against the Titans either. I think you're 100% right. I agree with you. Uh, we can't say that he got it wrong by going to Foles because we should have said it back then, right? We we just didn't we didn't quite know. We didn't quite we weren't on Team Trubisky. We were ready to see what it looked like with Foles, but even even when the team was winning, I was like, oh boy, I don't I don't like how it's looking with Foles, and then it just went off the rails. So yeah, I think he did wait too long. It took an injury for him to finally make the call. So I think that's where we can nitpick Mad Nagy and say you waited way too long. You should have brought Trubisky back. Maybe we could have salvaged something here. But you mentioned the run game. And we should talk about that. David Montgomery, the Bears are a power running team right now, Alyssa. When they commit to the run, they can get some stuff going, but they don't commit to the run, right? Even with Montgomery busting off these 100-yard games, you wrote about how they're still not really committing to it. They're not really there. Why not? Why won't they just like change their identity and be a power running football team? It seems like that's what they could be. And when they commit to it, it looks pretty good. Like Montgomery's ripping off these big runs. He's averaging what, over seven yards per carry here lately? It's like, he's killing it. But it doesn't seem like the coach wants to give him the touches he deserves. What do you think about that? Yeah, we, we all know the answer why the Bears aren't committing to the run game. It's because of Matt Nagy, and Matt Nagy's stubborn, and he, he wants to run. run his kind of offense. He hates it. He wants to be the kind of, like, passing attack that the Kansas City Chiefs have. But again, we've talked about this, you know, week after week, how he does not have the same personnel and he's not Andy Reid. And you need to cater this offense towards these players' strengths. And the run game and getting it going has really helped Trubisky out too. And Trubisky being back has helped the offensive line and the offensive line has helped the run game. Like, it's just like everything around it. Like, I think you saw this game like I know lasers calling the shots but Matt Nagy still has a hand in this let's not get carried away here like he's yeah. still calling the shots there in offense even if it's laser technically technically calling the plays so it's frustrating because you've seen what Montgomery's been able to do and as a Bears fan you've watched David Montgomery for two years and you're like man this kid's good why he you, you have to give him the touches you, you, you just want the offensive line to block for him and you're finally starting to see what the kind of player that David Montgomery can be when he gets, you know, the touches and when his offensive line is doing what it should be doing. And like, you know, there hasn't been enough talk about this offensive line. And I think that you can say looking towards the future that you have your, the interior of that line set with obviously James Daniels coming back from injury, Cody Whitehair, Sam Mustafers carving out a, a name for himself at center and Alex Bars is great depth. So the only thing you really need to get, worked out there are the tackles but you know overall that run game has been a big part of the success of this offense because for so long it's been in, since Nagy came where the run game just hasn't been efficient at all so you know that the Bears are going to pass or attempt to pass and you can bring the pressure at Trubisky the offensive line not, hasn't done fantastic at pass protection either so it's been one-dimensional for so long and you finally saw a balanced offensive attack and what this offense can be. And the frustrating thing, again, is that we had to wait so long to see it come to fruition. Nagy did not give up play calling soon enough. He didn't go back to Trubisky early enough. Like, it feels like, you know, he's mentioned the word playoffs in his, his presser. And I'm like, you know, this might, I know he's kind of saved his job here. But at the same time, <laughs> it, it just feels like you he's waited way too long because of his stubbornness. So. There might there might be an actual path that I believe in for the Bears, and I want to talk about that later. He might not be so crazy, Alyssa, to talk playoffs. I don't know why. I don't. 
I know that's making us all cringe just thinking about it because maybe that could save his job. And I don't think any Bears fans want that. We know by our Twitter polls. We know that. But you laid out the but we'll get to that later. You laid out the stats so brilliantly on the Bears wire and you talked about Montgomery's last three games. So he's posted 200 yard games over the last three. Like I said, he's averaged over seven yards per carry over that time span. So it's 288 rushing yards, 39 attempts, three touchdowns. And he hasn't had over 17 carries in any of those games. And that just illustrates it. Like, you're dominating on the ground. Why won't you just commit to it and do that thing a little bit more? And, you know, I'm all for getting the football to, you know, Allen Robinson and and all that. But I just feel like, who was it that said that they should turn into a power football team, go old school? Was it Spice? It was Spice, right? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Spice told us that. Uh, And I just feel like, man, as you just said, why can't we just let's just commit to giving Montgomery 20 yards. Uh, I'm sorry. Let's just commit to giving Montgomery 20 carries in a game and see what it looks like. I just want to see what it looks like. <laughs> yeah. And I still remember like one quote when Matt Nagy came to Chicago. was like, they didn't bring me here to run the I formation. I'm like, they brought you here to, to make the offense great. Like for again, I want it. I want <laughs> the know, I formation. A, yes. Give me that. Yeah, exactly. And like, it, it's frustrating because you, you, you'd think the first play from scrimmage for the bears on offense, you know, Montgomery rips off an 80 yard run. And your first reaction is to be like, yeah, let's not give him the ball anymore. Because it, it, it's ridiculous because he had, what was it, seven carries in the second half? Or, you know, it was... It's just, in, a, in a blowout it, win, right. It's so... It's so yeah, he had 11 total carries. I think it was like five. And you're up by a substantial margin at that point. When you want to be running the football, you want to be... You want the clock to keep running. And you're going to keep throwing the football. And that just shows... Every time you hope that Matt Nagy will change, like there's a game... Every year it feels like, like last year, it was the Cowboys game where it felt like even with Matt Nagy calling plays that he catered the offense towards Trubisky. He was rolling him out. He was using them as mobility. And then he goes right back to his old self. So it's kind of like you you see that Matt Nagy can do the right thing, but he just always has a tendency to go back to what he wants to do and and rather than you know do what's best for his offense, which is likely going to cost him his job here. Well, we're off and running here on the Bears Wire podcast after a 36-7 to win. We're here crushing the head coach as usual. <laughs> so it's so much fun. And uh, I mentioned Allen Robinson. I want to talk a little bit more about the Bears' top receiver, what might happen with him in the future. I think that's a really interesting story and topic that we haven't hit on too much yet. Let's talk about that coming up next. Fantasy football is about proving that you are better than your friends. Sit him, start him. These are the fantasy picks of the week. It will kill me if this game ends in a tie. I need this win. This game's pretty much done. With Corey Bonini from thehuddle.com. It's week 15 of the fantasy football season, and if you're listening, that likely means you have advanced in the fantasy football playoffs. I'm Corey Benini of TheHuddle.com, here to help you with some strong plays to get you into the championship round. This one may make gamers uncomfortable, but Jalen Hurts, the quarterback for the Philadelphia Eagles at the Arizona Cardinals, is a strong play. In the last seven weeks, five different quarterbacks have at least 22 fantasy points against Arizona, and three of those efforts were good for at least 26 fantasy points. The two bad games came from Cam Newton and Daniel Jones. Hurts, a rookie, made his NFL debut as a starter last week and he acquitted himself well enough. His major upside comes from his legs, but the game wasn't too big for him in last week's debut. That said, he's best to use in two quarterback setups. Running back Jeff Wilson Jr. at the Dallas Cowboys. The 49ers may be without Raheem Mostert once again with another ankle injury. And Wilson is the likeliest place to turn for the offense that is struggling for a spark after poor quarterback play and the loss of Debo Samuel. Only Houston has allowed more rushing yards per game in 2020 and the position has scored 13 times on the ground versus Dallas. 
does. Wilson may struggle to matter without finding the end zone, so understand there is a little bit of a gamble here. Wide receiver Keelan Cole of the Jacksonville Jaguars at the Baltimore Ravens. Baltimore has given up four touchdowns in his past three outings, and the positional defense has been relatively soft in that time. It ranks 39% easier to exploit than the league average, and nine receivers have at least 10 PPR points against the Ravens in the last four games. Don't be scared off by the name brand of the matchup. Cole benefits from having Gardner Minshew back in the lineup and offers utility as a wide receiver three or a flex in PPR setups. Irv Smith Jr., the Minnesota Vikings versus the Chicago Bears. Prior to missing a few games with various injuries, Smith has flashed a few times, going for 10 points or more in three of the four appearances before getting hurt. He returned in week 11, only to get injured for two more weeks. Then he came back for a line of 4-63-1 against Tampa Bay last week. The Bears are the second weakest defense in the last five weeks at controlling tight ends, and if Kyle Rudolph sits one more time, Smith is a strong play for a touchdown in this divisional matchup. For more fantasy football news, tips, and advice, be sure to check out thehuddle.com. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Alyssa, as mentioned, I want to talk a little bit today about Allen Robinson. He has had two different quarterbacks, right? He's had to figure out Trubisky and Foles. He was actually targeted a lot more with Foles than he has been with Trubisky. Uh, He hasn't been happy. He hasn't got his contract, right? He's done some things on social media, which we've talked about. He's been a little cryptic. His agent has been on social media bashing the team and the quarterbacks and all that. So it's been a really interesting year for Allen Robinson, but all along, He's been putting together kind of a Pro Bowl type of year. When you look at his numbers compared to the big guys like DK Metcalf, like DeAndre Hopkins, like Devontae Adams, he's probably right there in line. I put him probably fourth behind those guys, fourth or maybe fifth, maybe Calvin Ridley, Justin Jefferson. You could get some of these other guys in there too in the Pro Bowl discussion. But let's talk about Allen Robinson where he fits in that Pro Bowl conversation, number one, where he fits in the, in the conversation of the elite receivers in the league, and what the Bears could do with him going forward. I think that's interesting. They haven't signed him yet. There's some options that they could do. They could do one of those tag-and-trade situations and maybe get a haul of draft picks. But let's talk about the first piece first. What do you think about Robinson making the Pro Bowl this year? you think he's got a legit case? I always, I always think that because of what he's been able to do in the situations that he has been with, has been in. I mean, he has now gone over a thousand receiving yards in back-to-back years with Mitchell Trubisky and Nick Foles as his quarterbacks. And then he had a thousand yards, even yards season with like Bortles. And it's not just what he's able to do. It's like with, the situation that he's in he just has not had the best quarterbacks throwing to him and he's still been making you know impressive catch after impressive catch you know I know that he's had it's been a rocky season at times this year with him uh in Chicago even last week but at the same time he's still their best offensive player he's still one of I think a top 10 receiver in the league and I definitely think that he has made a strong case for the Pro Bowl. Whether he gets in remains to be seen because there's a lot of talented you know, receivers in the, in the NFC. So I do think that Robinson should be in contention for the Pro Bowl, whether that happens you know, 
I guess we'll see. Yeah, he's got a case, right? Because like if Devontae Adams is in the Super Bowl, Green Bay's got a great shot to be yeah. the number one seed. That could open I'm up. I'm hoping that's not the case though. Right, exactly. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Bears fans still don't want Green Bay to do well, right? And never. uh yeah, never. And you know, there's some injuries. Guys hate tend to hate the Pro Bowl too, so they'll opt out of it and say they're they're not healthy and they just don't want anything to do with it. So you never yeah. know. There's always these like little changes. So if he's as long as he's in the fringe of that top four, he's got a good shot. I think what's interesting with uh, Robinson this year, with all the struggles that the Bears have on offense, and I guess a team that never runs the ball, this would make some sense. He leads the league in targets, 128 targets. And I was looking at the stats. Foles targeted Robinson 70 times in six games. So Foles is just peppering Allen Robinson with the football. 49 catches on 70 targets. That's not great. Uh, that might have been a Nick Foles problem right there. But, yeah, it just it's just interesting to see the yards, the targets, the catches. He's got six touchdowns. He's one of the best. I agree with you 100%. He's definitely one of the top 10 receivers in the league. Definitely. Is he top five in the NFC? I think you can make a catch uh, a case for that as well. But now, like, what should the Bears do with him going forward? Should they si- try to sign him to the long-term deal, Alyssa, which you have been just begging them to do all season long? Just give the guy his contract, right? But now it's like, does he want the contract? There's been some sketchy stuff, as we talked about. We're not sure how happy he is. We're not sure if he really wants to be here. What if the Bears were to try to do one of those tag-and-trade things and, and try to get, like, a bunch of draft picks like we saw... Uh, with the Stephon Diggs situation with the Bills, where they the Vikings trade Diggs to the Bills and get a bunch of draft picks back. Like, could the Bears look at something like that? I know Robinson would have to play ball with that, but do you think there's any shot of that at all this offseason? Yeah, I think it all depends on how the rest of this season plays out. Because, you know, if they lose out, then, you know, they're going to clean house. And, you know, we could see what the Bears end up doing with Robinson. But yeah. if they win out, if they make it to the playoffs, or if they maybe just miss out and... You know, maybe in a crazy world, you know, I can't believe I'm saying this, but maybe the Bears signed Trubisky to a one-year deal uh, extension because I don't think you can go back to Nick Foles as your quarterback. Oh, God, no. obviously Please, they're gonna no. Please, They're no. going to draft a quarterback. They're, yes. it's, like, they're going to draft a quarterback, but you need maybe Trubisky's that bridge quarterback. You sign him to an affordable one-year deal. You bring Robinson back or you tag him. I, I just think that, I mean, Darnell Mooney, great player. I think he has a bright future on this team. I want to see what he can do again with Allen Robinson. Anthony Miller, you know, remains to be seen. I think he'd be a great slot receiver. I still think that the Bears offense, they, they, they won't have that number one receiver still. So I think that they should try to bring Robinson back. But again, the thing is the price tag. But also, does he want to come back? Right. You know, we're, we were talking like week two earlier this season. If, if they would have just locked him down, we wouldn't be having this conversation. Like, it wouldn't even be a, a thing. So... I mean, it's not only up to are the Bears going to do it, but does Robinson, you know, want to come back if he wants to sign an extension? So, I mean, it's going to I think I do think it has a lot to do with how the rest of this year plays out, because for the first time, it was crazy. Ryan, uh, Alan Robinson, I don't know if you saw he was smiling on the sidelines after that touchdown catch um, from Mitchell Trubisky. Like they were he was laughing. He looked happy for the first time in a very long time on the sideline there. You know, he's finally getting going. So. I mean, it was, it was great to see that. So, you know, it, as a Bears fan, you want Allen Robinson here long term. He's made it clear that he wants to be here. You know, it's, you know, obviously that was earlier in the year. But, you know, you I feel like Bears fans want him here long term. It's, you know, whether the Bears are going to be able to afford that. And depending on what they're going to do with their franchise coming up here, are they going to blow it all up? Or, you know, is there enough to save some people's jobs here? So I guess we're going to have to wait and see. Oh man, it's one of the it's one of the most interesting storylines I th- I think going into the off season and the whole league is Allen Robinson and what the Bears are going to do with him. Okay, you mentioned the playoffs, right? You mentioned the playoffs. <laughs> 
<laughs> do, uh, I, do we want the playoffs? I don't know if Bears fans even want it, but I could see a situation where the I've been talking about it, that Week 17 game, home against Green Bay. I can at least see a scenario where that game actually matters. We have something to watch on Week 17. Let's talk about that coming up next. It's that time again for the line of the week. The inside track to the favorites, the underdogs, and the over-unders. I think I want my money back. Now, here are Jeff Clark and Eston McLaren from USA Today's Sportsbook Wire. Hello, I'm Esther McLaren of Sportsbook Wire and Bet Slippin' Podcast. I'm joined by my colleague Jeff Clark to break down all you need to know to bet on the Week 15 Monday Night Football game between the Pittsburgh Steelers and Cincinnati Bengals. The Steelers come in as 12-point favorites on the road, minus 110 odds to win by at least 13 points. Jeff, how does Cincinnati and the Bengals cover this 12-point spread at home? Well, Pittsburgh is very one-dimensional right now. Their running game has fallen off the cliff, and even their wide receivers have been dropping balls. So give me the double digits at home with a division opponent. Also, this could be a quintessential look-ahead spot for Pittsburgh, who's got Indy and Cleveland coming up. They've had tough games leading into this. Steelers, well-coached team with Mike Tomlin, lost two games in a row. They need to get back on track. No better spot to do it than against a Bengals team. They beat 36-10. to in week 10 give me the Steelers minus 12 they win by two scores just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left listen to where secrets go to die the disappearance of Derek Hennigan from the Detroit Free Press a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Alyssa, we've been talking about the dominant win for the Bears, 36-7 over the Texans. Maybe it's restored some faith in the Bears uh, faithful that they could actually make the playoffs after all. Maybe Matt Nagy could save his job. And we can all go into maybe we could all go into 2021 with Trubisky, like you said, back at quarterback on a one-year deal, and Matt Nagy as coach, and we could do this whole thing all over again. How fun would that be? Uh, so the Bears right now they're just 22 percent to make the playoffs, so it's still a long shot. However, they're tied with the Minnesota Vikings at six and seven, right? And they play the Vikings this year, uh, this week. They play the Vikings, so that's one of the teams that you know they're going to have to. Obviously, they got to win out if they want any chance at the playoffs. Let's be honest there. You beat the Vikings, you leapfrog them. Then you play a really bad Jacksonville team at 8 and 7. You could improve to 8 and 7. I mean, sorry about that. Then you play a really bad Jacksonville team, you beat them, you go to 8 and 7. And then you get you go home for week 17 as I've been talking about, you know, I've been begging for this to be a big game, Packers Bears. Well, what if the Packers have sewed up that number 1 seed? I think that is very feasible that the Packers Packers since they have that tiebreaker over the Saints they could feasibly have that number one seed all wrapped up week 17. Hey, maybe Aaron Rodgers sits for most of that game. Maybe he starts the first quarter and he rests the rest of the game. I don't know. Maybe the Packers aren't at full strength week 17 against the Bears. All of a sudden, you're 9-7, and seven, and you might have a chance to get in. So I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility for Matt Nagy to talk about the playoffs, Alyssa. I just think for Bears fans, it's like, is this what we want? Do we want them to sneak in? Do we want them to be the number seven seed? Like, is this something we want in our lives? I don't know. I don't know how to answer that question. What do you think? 
I mean, I'm never not going to want this team to make the playoffs. I mean, I want them to win. I want them to succeed. But like you said, my my fear is if they do win out, because you're right, you know, the Packers could have that number one seed locked up. And if they're not, if Aaron Rodgers isn't out in the field, I think that the Bears will be okay. Sure. Um, but the fear is, is if they, obviously they need a lot of help and, one of the things that, you know, stifled them last year, too, was that they had to rely too much on other teams to get there. And obviously last year didn't work is if they do win out, they finish nine and seven, but the Cardinals don't lose enough games. Then you're nine and seven. You miss the playoffs. You're stuck with Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace, you know, probably for another year. And that's the fear, right? You're going to give them another chance to or at least Ryan Pace, another chance possibly to draft a quarterback. So, I mean, obviously, if they make the playoffs, I think that that would be, you know, that would be good. But if you win out and you still you miss out on that seventh seed, that's when things kind of, you know, are going to go haywire. Because that, you know, it's never you're never going to not root for this team to win. But at the same time, this could go horribly bad. But at the same time, like you're saying, there is, you know, reason to be optimistic. I'm not really leading towards that because I'm a I'm a seasoned Bears fan, so like I'm right. not, you know, you've been down this road before. Usually with, yeah, uh, yeah, I'm not gonna let them fool me again. So I'll, if they, if it happens, then it happens. But you know, I'm not really, I'm not convinced that they're gonna make the playoffs. But you know, if the Cardinals lose, even if the Bears don't win that last game against the Packers, say the Packers want to play everyone because they just you know want to beat the Bears again. That's possible. Um, yeah, and if, if they lose that game, if the Cardinals lose two of their last three, technically the. Bears would still, you know, have a higher seating than them, and that's how they could sneak in. But like at this point, you have to look towards they need to beat the Vikings first on Sunday. They just won their first game in the last two months. Let's see if they can ask them to win two in a row. I mean, that kind of seems like you know high expectations, but you know they're not dead in the water. And anytime the Bears are playing meaningful football in December, I'm not going to complain because there was a, a span there where it was just brutal. They were out by like early November. So, you know, it, it's definitely nice for them to be playing meaningful football. But at the same time, I'm afraid that the Bears are going to play themselves into an eight and eight finish. We're going to be stuck with Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace for another year. And it's going to be this endless cycle of just torture and the same mistakes happening over and over again. So, you know, I, I feel like I either want them to win out and make the playoffs or want them to like to lose out. <laughs> you like their chances at all at Minnesota in this game? The Vikings have been playing pretty good football. Not great, but they've been playing pretty good football over the last couple of months. Not, we can't say the same thing for the Bears, but the Vikings have been playing pretty good football. They've won a lot more than they've lost here over this last, you know, five, six week stretch. Yeah, I, I think so. If, not, if only because, I mean, they were in that game before the last time they played, but it was the offense that just really could not do a, a dang thing. And I think with the offense has confidence, they looked, I mean, aside, even the Packers, Packers game, I knew there was some garbage on there, but the offense got into some rhythm a little bit later there. But the Lions game and the Texans game, I know they were bad defenses, but Minnesota's defense isn't the best either. So there is reason for this offense to be optimistic uh, about, what they can accomplish and they didn't need to do much. They shouldn't have had to need to do much last game. If they would have scored one touchdown, like they have that thing wrapped, you know, locked up. So I think, I think that they can beat the Vikings, but again, I'm, you know, until they do, I'm, I'm always going to be like, you know, prove it to me. Cause I mean, they lost for two straight months there. So 100%. I mean, I'll believe it when I see it, but the offense that is encouraging. I'm trying not to be too encouraged because they are bad defenses, but at the same time, the offenses looked pretty crappy against some bad defenses earlier. So, I mean, it's something to build on for sure. Yeah, no, I mean, this game is more meaningful than I thought uh, going into that Texans game. I just didn't know what to think. And I, I honestly wouldn't have been surprised if the Bears lost 36-7 to in that game. You know, I, I just, <laughs> you know, that's where I was going in. I was about to shovel the dirt on them. But 
They won. They look good. And I don't think it's completely out of the realm of possibility that they sneak into the playoffs. If you get to 9-7, and seven, you at least got a heartbeat. You at least have a chance. And you'll have some scenarios to get in in Week 17, I believe. I don't think you'll be dead in the water going into Week 17. But it all starts with a win over the Vikings. So I guess that's the question. Maybe for next week we can start answering it. Bears fans, do you want the Bears to win? Do you want them to make the playoffs? Is that something that you want in your life? Do you want the Bears to be in the playoffs as the number 7 seed? And with another year in that that puts that ownership goes okay we made the playoffs we're going to stamp it we're going to continue on with Matt Nagy we're going to continue on with Ryan Pace we're going to maybe even continue on with Mitch Trubisky is this what we want is this what we want maybe we'll put a pin in that Alyssa we'll talk about that next week sound good that sounds good well we'll see if they win if they win then it might feel you know it'll be a little bit optimistic but at the same I don't know do we want another year of Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace I don't know but let, I mean, this might not even be a topic of conversation if they end up losing on Sunday. So let's see. It'll be yeah. like a heck no. Yeah, we've been, we've enjoyed talking about a win today for a while, but it, it could easily we could easily go back to our old routine here next week. We'll we'll have to see, right? We'll have to see. I mean, we've we're we're accustomed to talking after losses uh, at this point. So this are, this was a fun week. Yeah. These are the Chicago Bears, so you never know they can flip flop back and forth every given week. <laughs> Join us next week on the Bears Wire podcast. Thanks for joining us. This USA Today Sports Podcast has been presented by USA Today's Sports Media Group and is available in your favorite podcast store. Make sure to subscribe for weekly updates, the latest fantasy picks from Corey Bonini, and the Huddle Podcast, Inside the Weekly Line, with Sportsbook Wire's Jeff Clark and Eston McLaren, and the Bet Slippin' Podcast. We'll see you again next week.